0: Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Three little words, you know them. Wives long to hear them from their husbands and husbands from their wives. Children want to hear them, as do parents and friends, neighbors, in fact, too. For these three little words can make all the difference in the world. And yet, how hard they often are to say. How often they have to be just about dragged out of our mouths. Those three little words. You know them. No, not I love you. But I forgive you. So I don't know about you, but if someone sins against me and hurts me pretty bad, and I forgive them... I'm feeling pretty good about myself. I'm looking for a pat on the back from God. Did you see what I did? Pretty good, huh? And then if that person sins against me again and again and again and again and I forgive them, man, I'm looking for a medal. The medal of honor from God for outstanding forgiveness in the face of continual sin. For imagine... A child in the back of the car being poked and poked and poked by an egged on by her brother, and yet she doesn't yell or scream or get back, but forgives? I'm giving that child a medal. Or someone who just continually goads you on with their words, getting under your skin, hitting those buttons which just drive you crazy, and yet you don't escalate or retaliate but forgive. Shouldn't there be a little extra from God for that? And yet we heard these words from Jesus today. So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. Really? Nothing? That's it? How do you possibly please a God like that? But who said you don't please Him? Who said, you don't please him? Jesus didn't say that. I think sometimes we hear that in these words from Jesus. But note, Jesus doesn't say, that's what God says to us. That we are unworthy servants. It's what we are to say. It is what our attitude should be. To know that no matter how loving or forgiving we may be. No matter how much good we may do. We still have fallen short of all that we were commanded. And so know that we are unworthy servants. We don't deserve a pat on the back or a medal. You love, you forgive, you do good. Right. That's just what you were supposed to do. And then there's all that we've failed to do and in our failure caused our neighbor to sin. When we're the ones doing the poking, we're the ones doing the goading or speaking hurtful or demeaning words. When we're the ones who don't love our neighbor and so cause him to cheat or steal or to doubt God's love for her when we're the ones who, rather than a medal hung around our necks, deserve that millstone instead. You know, maybe we should put that in our confession, the one we say at the beginning of the service. Instead of saying, we justly deserve your present and eternal punishment, maybe we should say, we justly deserve your millstone hung around our necks and to be cast into the depths of the sea. That's more like it, isn't it? But then we say, though that is what I deserve, give me what I don't deserve. Not a pat on the back or a medal. Have mercy on me. And just speak to me those three little words. I know I've been back here far more than seven times or even 70 times seven times. But I know that your mercy is far greater than that, than all my sin. The cross shows me that. And the one who hung there for me with my millstone, with all my sin, my pride, my failure. So please, for the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, say those three little words. That I may be renewed, that I may, as we said today, delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. And he does. As often as you come, he does. As sinful as you are, he does. And those words are spoken. Right next to that font. You know why? Because that's where you were drowned. Instead of being cast into the depths of the sea with the millstone of sin around your neck to die far away from God, you instead were cast into the water of the font. The water of baptism for you and your sin to die with Christ. Because dying with Christ, you then rise with Him to a new life, a renewed life. So yes, your Heavenly Father says to you in those waters, and then time and time again, yes, I forgive you. Yes, I forgive you all your sins. And then, He has you come and recline at his table he does not insist on you coming here and serving him that's what earthly masters do earthly masters who don't care about their servants but only care about themselves and so insist that their servants serve them no matter how tired they are no matter how long they have worked but your heavenly father isn't like that he is your father not your master So you, unworthy, grimy with sin servant, he washes and cleans with his forgiveness and then seats you at his table where he may feed you with heavenly food. And if the thought of that makes your jaw drop and hang open because it sounds just too good to be true, good. But true it is. For you, for you, child of God, with whom the Father is well pleased. Not because of what you do, but because of who you are. And knowing that, a pat on the back, a medal, that's what I'm looking for from God? When he's already given me far more, like himself, (laughs) and his forgiveness, and a place in his family. Lord, increase my faith. Help me to treasure this, these words. Help me to see everything as a gift from you. Help me see as you see, and do as you do, and never stop marveling at your love. That's what Paul was talking about today when he tells Timothy and so us in the epistle that we heard to guard the good deposit entrusted to you. Guard this wonderful truth. Timothy as a pastor, but you as a Christian too. Guard these words, these, this good news of God's mercy. And those three little words we get to hear and we get to say. I forgive you. Don't let anyone take them away from you, either from your faith or from the preaching that you hear, from your ears or from your mouth. Don't be seduced away into thinking God isn't like that. Don't be deceived by some other slick teaching that puts it on you. No. Guard this. But how often do we wind up foolishly guarding other things? Guarding our honor and our position instead of forgiving. Guarding our wealth instead of giving. Guarding our pride instead of serving. Guarding our need to be right instead of repenting. Guarding our own little kingdom instead of looking to His. And and guarding what else? What is it for you? Perhaps here it would be good to remember that what you guard is your God. A false one, to be sure. But why else are you guarding it? Why else are you clinging to it? Why else are you refusing to give it up except that you think that's what you need, that's what you want, that's what will get you what you want? And that's what makes it a false God. That it's what you fear, love, and trust in. It's what you are looking to for what you need and for all good. How confused we sometimes get. That's why Paul added some important words to that verse. He not only said, guard the good deposit entrusted to you, but he said this, by the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. On our own, We get fooled by the devil's wiles. On our own, we get confused by the devil's tricks. On our own, we get seduced by the devil's lies. That's why we guard the wrong things. But you're not on your own. You've been given the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who gives you Jesus. And enables you to put your faith in Him. The Holy Spirit gives you the gifts of God. The Holy Spirit then acts as a guard over your heart as well. For when you are attacked by those things that you can see, but also by those things that you can't see. For when you are misled and wander and maybe desire something new or something flashy or or something that sounds exciting. Guard the good deposit, Paul says which is to say, guard those three little words. Be like a hound dog with a bone, that's how Luther put it, and don't let them go. Those three little words. For those words and the one who speaks them from the cross and did them on the cross and then rose from the dead for them is your life and him alone. So, when you forgive, when you speak those three little words, you're not earning anything. You're simply giving what you yourself have received. You are clinging to Jesus by faith, and you are giving Jesus to others. You are trusting Jesus to provide for you and protect you and to work in the one you forgive. You are looking to Him for all that is needed. Looking to him, not for what you think you deserve, but for his gifts, which is exactly what he loves to give. Gifts that never run out. There's one more thing in that gospel reading, though. That flying mulberry tree. What about that? Well, I guess none of our faith is as it should be. We are all unworthy servants. But the thing about faith, it's not the strength of your faith that makes the difference. It's the strength of the one your faith is in. And I know he can make a mulberry tree fly. But even more, he can make the dead live. And he has raised you and me who are dead in our trespasses and sins to life with him now. And he will raise you and me from our graves to life with him forever. Because of those three little words. Those three little words that we need to hear. That make all the difference in the world. I forgive you. Which really is his way of saying those other three little words. I love you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.